This podcast may contain mature content, strong language and spoilers. Hello and welcome to episode 55 of the HD Movie Podcast. I'm Darren Gaskell. And I'm Hayley Alice Roberts. And today we're looking at a reversioning of a well-loved classic. It's the full sound version of The Cabinet of Dr Caligari. So, what happens when you take a well-loved classic of German Expressionist cinema and give it a modern twist? Well, we're about to find out in the full sound version of The Cabinet of Dr Caligari. This bizarre re-edit is available on Amazon Prime. You don't have to pay any extra for this in your subscription. It is included, and all I have to say to that is thank God, because I would not recommend paying for this. So I can't tell you who's written this synopsis because it is just the synopsis included on Amazon Prime with the film, but it's not very grammatically correct, (laughs) but here goes. The original silent German expression is a masterpiece considered one of the greatest horror movies ever made. Has a completely original soundtrack by Hobgoblin, dialogue and sound effects have been added to enjoy the cabinet of Dr. Caligari like never before. The costume sets, lighting and makeup were all created by expressionists, giving the film a dramatic and dreamlike quality that is unforgettable. Yeah, yeah, it's unforgettable. This version is unforgettable in any number of ways. And to help us dissect this modern cinema classic, we've got a guest. It's the person that foisted this onto me, first of all. <laughs> it's none other than Dr Lauren McIntyre. Yeah, hi Lauren, thanks for this. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we weren't going to watch this alone after you recommended it, so you had to come on and uh, subject yourself to it for a second viewing that I hear. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I've watched this twice. And I, I'd actually not even said that I recommended it to anybody. I think I just said, what the hell is this? <laughs> and has anyone else seen it? Yeah, I've had so to watch it. how did you come across it? Yeah. So um, a couple of weeks ago, I was just um, sort of hopping around, like looking at stuff on Amazon like you do. And I'd actually had this bookmarked um, for about, oh, I don't know, a year, assuming that it was the original version of The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, uh, which I've seen before, but not for a long, long time. I decided to uh, just, just stick it on of a rewatch. And then uh, when the credits started, I was like, I, I don't remember this before and then obviously like as the film gets going and you've got the um american overdub over the film i was just like what the hell is this um yeah um and then just sat watching dumbfounded for the next 50 minutes wondering why the hell somebody would commit such a crime against art (laughs) yeah i've got the eureka version of it and it's a beautiful release and it's a remastered version of it and it's just such a 
great example of cinema. It's one of my favourite horror movies of all time. And then I watch this and I just think, these people have just taken a shit on German Expressionist cinema. I cannot sum up adequately the amount of anger I felt watching this movie. Like, did you guys know that this even existed? Because I didn't. No, no, no it was only when you brought it to my attention. And again, it's your fault, basically. <laughs> but yeah, it was only when you pointed it out and I went on there and thought, 48 minutes, that seems a bit short. I remember the original one running about an hour 10, an hour 15, maybe. And then realised, I thought, oh, so they're going to have taken all the captions out and they're just going to play the dialogue over it. Oh, God. And the dialogue, it's just, it's so dumb. And it's just the voice acting's terrible. And it's, oh, it's it's awful. Now that I've watched it twice, which, one, I cannot believe I've watched this twice. I don't know what's worse. Like, the overdub, like, the voiceover, or the music. The music's <laughs> absolutely shocking. Um, I mean, I was, like, writing notes last night when I rewatched it. And the music sort of varies so wildly between being like some sort of new metal lift music, um, like the worst parts of the musical interludes from the Circus of Horror stage show, if you've ever seen that, and then also kind of like Repo the Genetic Opera. And then I noticed there's there's one bit in particular where there's just like randomly some freeform jazz thrown in for about 20 seconds and then you never come back to it. Yeah, you know what my feelings about misplaced jazz are? And that bit, <laughs> yeah. that bit in the fun fair where there's this kind of lounge jazz yeah. piano going off in the background. I mean, I've watched it twice as well. So again, thank you for that because I've had to make notes the second time. But listening to this jazz piano going in the background, I'm sitting there going, what the fuck is going on here? Why would you score a funfair sequence with a jazz piano? You'd have some kind of carnival atmosphere. You'd have a bit of an, an organ, sort of a Wurlitzer type thing going on. It's some bloody guy. It's like Richard Clayderman. They've dragged him in to sort of just do a bit of jazz piano at the back of this. It doesn't fit with anything that's going off in the movie. I don't know what went through the mind of the people that thought, I know what we're going to do. Let's take this absolute classic and let's just do a completely different version of it. But let's have everything that's catastrophically inept on every single level that we do with this movie. The voices don't work. The music's all over the place. The dialogue's stupid. They've got one actor, the, the girl that they've got in to play Jane. She can't even do line readings. Everything is just said like this. Yeah, I noticed that like nobody seems to have got any level of emotion in their voice at all. It could be they could be bots that are doing it so at some point. Yeah. Or you get the Californian American accent where at one point I was really expecting it to go full pill and ted on it because at some point it's almost like, <laughs> you dude, it's the police <laughs> So there's not a great deal of information out there on who has actually created this monstrosity against German expressionism. I don't know. All I was able to find out about the music, as it said, it's um, by a band called Hobgoblin, and it's their original soundtrack, allegedly. They're an industrial horror rock slash heavy metal band, apparently. And the soundtrack was produced by November Fire Recordings. Now, whether these people that have dubbed this have just, like, taken their music, they're not actually directly involved i don't know ah well i might be able to provide a little bit of information there because i was looking at the credits last night 
So one of the band members, I wrote down the list of band members from Hobgoblin. So they are they comprise of Dougal Hayes, Worm Covey, Snake Green, Streffen Taylor, and Tim. Also, Tim doesn't um, have a surname. No, it says Tim. But also, Streffen Taylor is actually down uh, as. I think that they're the person that are responsible for this. Yeah, I think That's it, what it looks like. I think he's credited with the, the additional scenes and the, the additional writing. So, yeah, yeah I think yeah. He, he's probably so the guiding hand. It might be a bit of a one man job and he's roped a load of people in to do his evil bidding. Yeah, very much like <laughs> Dr. Caligari. He's, he's pulling the strings. I mean, the guy who's playing the sort of, well, villain, I mean, it's not because it's the. It's one of the early examples of unreliable narrators, Dr. Caligari, and it's got a twist ending and everything. But even then, all that's flubbed because the emotion is so lacking that even at the end, I mean, if you see the original, like it's a real surprise, the end of the original. This one, it's just like, oh, okay, is that what was going on? Yeah, all right, fine. It's just, they've just wrung all the emotion out of it. It's, I don't want to say anything is a piece of shit, but. It's very hard not to say in this case. Everything's either turned down to zero or completely overblown. I mean, at one point, they're dealing with the the bad guy and he's explaining his dastardly plan. And he says something like, and, and and, you know, somnambulist. But the way he pronounces it, he goes something like, hey, somnambulist. And then he goes, ah, 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 ah. He's like, are you going to fucking stop laughing? No, it's absolutely terrible. I literally thought I was watching some sort of YouTube parody someone had made, like for a joke. That's how it felt. Like I could not believe how bad it was until I started watching it. Now, if I wasn't watching it for the purpose of this podcast, I would have probably not stuck around for it because it was the most annoying things I've ever had to sit through. <laughs> no, I was completely like just dumbfounded at how terrible it was. And I think it was like the masochist in me that made me watch it through to the end the first time because I literally just could not believe what I was watching. At some point when I was watching it last night, I stopped it because I was listening to it with headphones and I was watching it on a, a laptop. And then I stopped it so that I could show my wife what I was watching. And I said, you know, this is a silent classic of German cinema. Watch what they've done to it. And the look on Alison's face was like, what's going on? I was like, yes, exactly. Exactly. That's what, that's the reaction I was expecting. Yeah, I think we would have been better off watching a Hallmark film instead. <laughs> oh, I'd, <laughs> I'd read. Hallmark after this. <laughs> oh, I'd love, I'd love to see him do a Hallmark movie. Oh yeah, that would be quite something. Yeah, so when I was watching it, I put subtitles on because I like to put subtitles on with everything if I've got something on low volume and sometimes you, you know, miss dialogue with things. That's my reasoning for that. But these subtitles, they did not correspond with the audio. So words would come up on the screen that were grammatically incorrect. And so one character would say a line and then it would pause for ages and the subtitle would be there. And then it would basically go into another character's dialogue and it would just be like the same sentence. It looked like it was the same sentence, but it wasn't. It was different bits of dialogue. And it was just the most jarring thing and I could not follow along with it at all. So even the subtitles on this movie are absolutely diabolical. The voices don't really tally as well because you've got a load of different kind of American, almost like regional accents. 
And at one point, when the, the, the after the discovery of a body, there's one guy who kind of sounds a bit sort of rural, almost Texan, maybe. Because you've got all these kind of fairly neutral American accents, then you've got the West Coast one. But then this guy comes up and goes, I found him as cold as a stone. And it, remind, <laughs> it reminded me of that South Park episode with it. They took our jobs! That sort of episode. Of, um, like you said, I'm dumbfounded. It's just such a weird undertaking, this, that somebody thought, oh, I know how we can improve on Cabinet of Dr. Gallagher because you know what? It's not as good as everybody makes out. Let's make it better. Fuck knows what went through the minds of these people. I mean, it's 48 minutes, but it feels like 48 hours when you're watching it. Oh, it definitely dragged, definitely. And it was like, the only good thing about it being 48 minutes was it ends sooner, so the pain is over quicker. Yes. I don't know what you guys thought. I found that with a lot of the dialogue, I think, you know, because obviously, like, it's supposed to be a silent film and it's quite, the actors that were in the original 1920 version are, like, quite melodramatic and there's a lot of, like, over-expressing things because that's how silent films work. But when they've, like, obviously written the dialogue to go over the top, the upshot of it is sort of, the characters are all, like, giving either unnecessary description... There's, like, just weird exposition that you don't need. Or there's just, like, these mad, like, unrealistic sort of exclamations about things. Like, uh, saying, oh, I'm going to walk over here. Uh, Oh, let's go look at his book and things like that. And, again, it's just super jarring. But also, because, like, obviously the, the style of what the actors are doing is never meant to have been put with sound... That like adds an extra dimension of weirdness over it. Yeah, exactly. There's one point where there's a, a reward poster for the one of the murders, and it says murder, and then it says reward, and then there's the details of it. And one of the characters goes, "Oh, look, murder reward." <laughs> yeah, it's all stuff like that. Like they're reading letters out as well, stuff that so if you're seeing it on the screen, there's somebody actually reading it along to you as well, which I guess is quite comforting in some ways. But you can see what's written on the screen anyway. You don't need somebody doing a voiceover with the letter or a document. But yeah, it is weird that you get all this very expressive acting and then the dialogue is all really, really flat. When Alan dies... Jane is very, very upset and like she's flinging her arms about and she's careening all over the set. And on the soundtrack it says, Alan, no, no, Alan, no. <laughs> yeah, it takes away any emotional element to the piece completely. And the original is such an atmospheric film. It just is soaked in that atmosphere and this completely detracts from that. It's just the visuals and the sound do not, gel together whatsoever that's what just makes it even more bizarre the thing is like there's plenty of examples of silent film showings where it is put with some manner of audio and it works really well because i know that um, nosferatu's done the rounds a few times like with a live score i've not actually seen it but i know that um, every so often there'll be like a showing crop up somewhere i did actually go and see haxan in uh, birmingham a few years ago which was narrated by reese shearsmith and there was like music and stuff playing along with that and that was brilliant. This is like the antithesis of that. <laughs> they could not have got it more wrong. Yeah, I mean, last year at, at Abattoir, there was um, Hans of Orlac played. 
and there was a piano accompanying to that. And the guy who did Hans of Orlach improvised the score completely. He just looked at the oh, screen wow. and just played the score for like an hour and a half. And that was amazing. So, yeah, you're right. It can work. But I think they've just overstretched themselves here. I think they must have thought, well, let's change the score. And it's like, well, while we're changing the score, let's write some dialogue. Oh, while we're writing some dialogue, let's get some more characters in. Let's do this. Let's add this. Because the original just didn't get to where it was supposed to be going. So let's create our own masterpiece. It's utterly misguided. It's like the guy, uh, like whoever wrote it, was having some sort of like fever dream after watching the Living Dead Girl video too many times. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can't. Well, I can recommend it to people who just want something so weird that's not gonna take up too much of their time. In terms of quality, it's hands down one of the worst things. I think we've ever covered on this podcast. We've watched some shit on this podcast. It's worse than the boogeyman. Oh, to me. oh it's even worse than that. I knew this was coming. I'm sorry. I'm just no, no. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not having any boogeyman shade on this episode. Did I don't know if you've seen this or not, Haley? But Darren, did you think that it was um, better or worse than Verotica? I've got to say, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I I think it's worse. <laughs> I've not seen it, so I can't say. But I mean, yeah, this, Verot- this is one of the worst things we've covered. Verotica. Holy shit! Oh god, <laughs> Verotica is an experience. But I think at least with Verotica, you can laugh along with it for quite a lot of the time, and you can just marvel at the ineptitude on mm. display in Verotica, and you can kind of play that game where you're thinking the people who did this are just not right. With Verotica. With this one, you just think they've tried something, it didn't really work. It was a grand idea and they just didn't have the resources or, or the skill to pull it off. I'm sorry to say something is worse than Verotica because there's not a lot out there, but I think this is actually. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, it's just such a, a weird thing and just how it's ended up on Amazon Prime. I mean, these people must be taking themselves seriously as well, which I think makes it worse. Like they don't realise like how bad it's come across or maybe they do. I mean, we don't know that, but from how it looks and as I said, I just don't understand why Amazon have got it. It's very weird. Amazon pick up a lot of nonsense. There's like, if you mine the depths of Amazon Prime, there is some garbage on there. <laughs> I'm not I'm not that surprised it's on there to be honest. I'm just more like upset because I want to watch the real version and that's not what I got. <laughs> yeah, I think some people will be so disappointed and if there are people that have never seen the original and they come to that, they're gonna be like, What the hell is this? Why do people like helm this as one of the greatest like silent films of horror cinema? But there's some great reviews on Amazon Prime um oh. about, so I was gonna read some of those out. So this one is by I.A. Macmillan. Unbelievably awful screwing up of a classic. In its silent format, it is a powerful piece of German expressionism. In a whiny American vocal format, it's truly, truly awful. Another example of vicious idiots thinking they have the ability to add something and ending up detracting from it through lack of talent only matched by their sense of self-worth. Turn the volume off and enjoy. Leave the volume on and vomit. I'm actually quite cross. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, wow. I thought I thought I was angry, but that's 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 worse than me. I mean, I 
I mean, I'm not insulted by it. I just think it's misguided and it does make me a little bit irate. But that guy really has an axe to grind. <laughs> and then Jane Chapman says, I have watched the original version of this film and it was superb. This is terribly dubbed version. However, it is utterly disgraceful. How anyone can think these actors, in inverted commas, voices added anything good to this classic piece of art leaves much to be desired. Total car crash. As for the soundtrack, after 10 minutes, I couldn't bear anymore. Amateur. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I've not really checked out any of Hobgoblin stuff, and I do like industrial music, but I don't think there's anything... Oh, it's not good. Yeah. Like, on the, on the scale of, like, industrial metal, it's pretty low down there. I mean, I said earlier on, it's a bit like the um, Circus of Horror stage show music. It's probably worse than that, actually. The Circus of Horrors have a house band that's uh, fronted by Dr. Hayes, who's like the circus ringmaster type guy. And uh, I mean, I've seen been see Circus of Horrors a few times, and quite often I feel like they use this as filler between acts. Like he'll come on and sing a song that he's written himself with the house band, and it's just completely painful. And um, me and uh, my friend Lindsay have been to see this a couple of times, and have spent like most of the time that he's singing just like howling, laughing because it's so terrible. And and this soundtrack to this film is the only other thing that I've ever heard that reminds me of that. <laughs> That's not when exactly was, a resounding uh, recommendation, is it? I was looking into them as well and seeing what else they had done and they have also produced soundtracks for um, other silent films including The Gollum and Nosferatu so nothing <sighs> is uh, safe from these uh, goblins. Maybe they're from uh, Nilbog or something. So they've had their hands on Nosferatu as well? They have indeed. Jesus. <laughs> you can buy it on vinyl. Sure, yeah. I wondered as well, you know, they've called themselves Hobgoblin. I wonder if they're fancying themselves as like a bit of a like goblin, like Claudio Simonetti oh, goblin. Yes. Is that like a direct reference that they see themselves in that league? Oh god. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean Because even the logo is quite similar. Like the band logo that's on the credits is actually a little bit similar to the uh, to the goblin like demon logo. I mean I'm not trying to be too unkind here, but I don't think they're really in the same league as Goblin. No. <laughs> just a bit. Yeah, it's some of the worst music to a film I've ever heard. It just none of it works. When you, when you say it's the worst music to a film you've oh, heard, no, is it well. <laughs> is it worse than Tim Krog's score for the Bogeyman? I have to re-listen to it because it's been a while because I've managed to get it out of my mind. It's been over a year, so I'll get back to you on that. Next episode, I will reveal all. <laughs> In the final analysis, I don't think any of us had a particularly good time watching this. No. No. No, it was awful. So we wouldn't recommend it. Usually on the podcast, we go on to IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes to uh, give the ratings. Now, because I could only find the original Cabinet of Dr. Caligari on IMDb, it's got 8.1 out of 10. And then on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 99% tomato meter and 89% audience score. This version is not even on those, so <laughs> you can't say. So what I thought we could do is rate it ourselves. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So, Lauren, what would you give this out of 10? Oh, out of 10? 
about a one. It exists. <laughs> yeah, that's my rationale as well. I can't give it a zero because it's a film, but I am going to quite happily give it a one for any number of crimes against cinema, mostly to do with the fact that they've taken a movie I genuinely love and they've crapped all over it, you set of bastards. <laughs> what would you rate it, Hayley? I'd probably go with the same, just give it a one, and the one will be for just the visuals that they used, which is from the original, but there's there's nothing good to say about this, is there? No, there's nothing. There's nothing. It makes me sad. Once again, thanks for bringing this movie to our attention, Lauren. And I've had to sit through it twice as well, so, you know, that's... um kind of an hour 40 of my life that I'll never get back. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I only watched it the once, so yeah, I'm quite happy about that. I'm never returning to it. I don't think it's even one that I'll say to my friends, go on, go and watch this. It'll I'll, change your life. Oh, <laughs> go on. No, like a, I think like a couple of the films that like me and Darren have watched for previous stuff like before, um, I think I am happy to say that I have watched it so that other people don't have to. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> but, part, but part of me kind of wants to fob it off onto other people now. <laughs> it's really mean. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us, Lauren. It's been great to um, have you on the podcast and uh, oh. back again um, with something a bit better next time. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. It's been lovely. Maybe a better film next time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, yeah, it's, it's always nice to have you on these podcasts, but fuck's sake, pick something decent next time. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I shall try my best. I do wish we could chat longer. And that's it for episode 55 of the HD Movie Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy our content, you can follow us on all the social media platforms. We are on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at HD Movie Podcast. Next up... It's been a long time since we did a face-off in which we take a performer's work and pick two of the biggest movies of their career to peruse over and decide which is the winner. So, who's the actor or actress who's going to be under the spotlight next time? Well, he's very much a ladies' man. Many women, and probably men as well, desire him. He has done a mix of action movies and some romantic movies. And he's also done, very early in his career, some low-budget B-genre movies, which is very exciting. So we're not going to pick anything famous by this actor. Can you guess who we're talking about? It's none other than Mr George Clooney. And we're going to be taking a look at the cinematic juggernauts, which are... Return to Horror High and Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Two returns, double the Clooney. Stay with us and tune in next week. Until then, stay safe, everybody. See you soon. The HD Movie Podcast is presented by Hayley Alice Roberts and Darren Gaskell. Its music is written and performed by Mitch Bain. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen Notes and Podbean.